think once again is measure of grace. It's interesting because I meet a lot of people and we all ask for grace. Oh, can you do this? Oh, I'm going to ask for grace. I'm going to ask. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of prayer. Remember the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. That will be done on hearts. If when you read that old Lord's Prayer, it's a pattern. I call that you know, Christ-given prayer pattern for us to pray. And in that prayer is grace. In one of those lines, it says, give us this day our daily bread. And then Paul later writing a doxology to the church said, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right? Grace in itself is not just unmerited favor. In the context we're talking about, grace is the ability that God has given to you and to me to be able to function. Grace is God's divine ability given to each of us to be able to function in ways and means that otherwise we might not be able to. Grace is that ability that allows you to see opportunities in the moment and to seize it. The Bible says the days are evil. Say, so be careful how you live your life for the days are evil. And so if you keep looking at the wind, you will not sow. But when there is enough grace around you and people are saying there is a casting down, it is grace, that ability that makes you say there is a lifting up. Let's look at an example of that grace before we go into the scripture. Everybody was saying there's famine, there's austerity in the land, and people were going to away. I think they were going to Egypt. And um, Isaac was going to go. And God said, no, don't go. Don't go. Stay there. For whatever the reason, God said, stay. There was drought, there was famine, but God said, stay. Why? Because my grace is sufficient for thee. And the Bible went on to say, and Abraham sowed in that same land. In the same places where people said, God, nothing good can come out of this place. The man invested, and the Bible said, not only did God bless him, but the man prospered and prospered until he became prosperous. That's the King James Version. He prospered and prospered until he became prosperous. But did you see, he wasn't praying for grace, because what? Grace is already given. To you and I, grace is already in the house. For a lot of us, we're sitting on so much grace that God is wondering, what more can I do for you? Amen? I was having a conversation with a friend of mine early this morning, and we're talking about how my friend had turned an orby into a business. That is grace. But yet, you know, so many people who have better, I mean, who have better ability, and yet are still wondering, oh, I don't know what God wants me to do with my life. You will never know what God wants you to do with your life until you step out in faith. You have to step out in faith and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God that means God has made an offering. The word love is from the Hebrew word that means sacrifice or offer. 
So God is sacrificed the son so that you can enjoy grace. And yet, you're sitting there and you're saying, oh, I don't have enough grace to do this. Excuse me? It's because you lack passion. If you lack passion to do anything, it's not for you. But if you feel passionate about something, don't wait for anybody to tell you, just do it. I like Nike. Walk, run, crawl, jump, fly, whatever, just do it. Let's look at the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. What I'm going to do here is I'm I'm going to expropriate the, or rather appropriate the scripture here to rock, to drive home the point I'm trying to make this morning. Ephesians chapter 4, and we'll be reading from verse 7. From verse 7. <clears throat> but to each one of us, grace has been given. To every one of us in this room, every one of us online in this place right now, grace has been given. Now, for me, it is a it's the same way. It, okay, let's, let's just pause there. Remember what he said to Joshua. Everywhere you set the, the sole of your feet upon, I have given to you. Not I will give you. You see that? It's not giving you. But if you have the courage to step there, he says it is yours already. You're only coming alive into what already belongs to you. But hey, we know the scriptures, but we're not acting on it. If you're not going to act on it, then why know it? Knowledge is only knowing about things. Wisdom is applying what you know. Applying what you know. But to each one of God's grace, the ability to perform, the ability to do, the ability to do it over and over again to lead us into perfection has been given. And remember this, I'm always going to say this to everybody. I'm privileged today to be training people and I always say to them, don't try to be like me. All you do is watch what I do Take what you can from what I do and turn it into what you do. Use part of my method. I, I've learned from so many people. So when you're learning from me, you're learning from all the people I've learned from. But you have to find what works for you and run with it. And remember this, practice doesn't make it perfect. Perfection is an illusion. But practice makes it better. You only become excellent because you continue to practice. You start by practicing, then you go to exercising. If you don't practice, you can't exercise. And if you can't exercise, you can't be excellent. So to each one of us, grace is given according to the measure of gift. All that scripture there, and then let's look at the, the parable of the tenant. Don't worry, I'm not going to do But look at the parable of the, of, of the, of this, uh, the, the talent God gave to them. Said so to one, he gave what? Ten? Is it five, three, and one? Right? God gave them, but he said what? He gave to each of them according to their ability. According to their ability. 
If you're asking for a grace to do something big, God is going to look at you because he already knows your purpose. He knows your capability well beforehand. Years ago, I, I waited on the Lord and I wanted, I wanted a mess I wanted a mess And uh, not only did I want a mess I wanted the mess beast. That was when the mess beast was huge, you know. In Nigeria, we love messes. And so I was waiting on the Lord. And after, one day the Lord said to me, you know, you won't get a mess beast. Uh, and I said, no, I'm going to get a mess beast. So the Lord said to me, how much is your paycheck at the end of the month? And then, you know, I was a full-time pastor, so I told him. And he said, you were somewhere a couple of days ago. I said, yes. He said, do you remember how much that man said the headlight of that Mezdis beast cost him? A friend of mine had a Mezdis beast. He got into an accident and busted his headlight. They wouldn't sell him one of the headlights. He had to buy the two headlights for 200000 uh, And I said, 200000 And the Lord said, hmm, are you sure you can afford 200000 if you get into a similar situation? And I said, compare that $200,000 naira to how much you make in a year. That is more than what you make in a year. Uh, and I started saying, uh, and he said, but don't worry, I've already given you a car. And trust me, he gave me a car that was within my budget. Exactly how much I had on the day was exactly the car I got. He made a provision. I woke up that morning, I got the provision, and the evening somebody came to me and said, I want to sell this car. And I look at the provision, I look at the car, exactly the amount I needed for the car, he provided. He said, you can maintain that one. So that was the grace. You see that? That was the grace. But I was looking for something. And the, the one thing we get to understand about that is this. You have the grace to meet your needs, and you have the grace to walk towards your wants. But God provides needs first before meeting your wants. Again, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. Unto every one of us, he has given a measure of grace. How do we use that grace? Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. We're just going to, again, like I said, we're going to appropriate scriptures a lot this morning. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, God speaking to Israel said, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who has given you, what? The ability. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. So And so confirm this covenant which is swore to your ancestors as it is today. What's God saying there? I have given you the grace to make wealth. The grace to do it is not, not something you have to pray. There are certain things you don't pray for. There are certain things you don't pray for. You act on the scriptures. You, you take, 
is it, I love something Paul said. He said, that which I have heard, which I have seen, which I have touched, I present to you. I had it. I put it to action. I saw it work. I've experienced it. That is Andrew. And now I'm sharing the same thing with you. Grace. Grace. The measure of grace you have. Several years ago, not too long, I was starting out in private business. And, you know, you are in this country and you don't really know a lot of things. Um, I remember looking for somebody to write a business plan for me, which the person took my money and did not do till today. Interesting. And basically discouraged me from some of my ideas, which I had to walk away from. But I went back to those same things. But it got so bad that I couldn't afford to pay my office rent. I couldn't afford to pay my office rent. So I was paying first month, second month. Oh, they won't stop you. You just kept adding interest to the rent. And I was sitting there and people were talking about Uber. Why don't you drive for Uber? The person did not even ask me. But my friends were discouraging driving for Uber. And they all had created an, an account, but none of them was driving. And I got back to my desk and I just kind of felt in my spirit, why don't you investigate what they are talking about? So I went online on my phone, did everything there on my phone, and I left it for two days. And it was September 5th, my birthday. And I was sitting at my desk and I got a small test message. I opened it from Uber and he said, is there anything stopping you from driving today? And I clicked no, and my Uber app came alive on its own. And that day, I remember driving and making, I think, $160. You know, and I just left the office and I drove all on my way home. It was 60 or 160 was my first Uber fee. And I'm like, oh, this is so easy. You see, I was sitting on grace. I wasn't acting on the grace. And now the funny thing was, a couple of weeks before then, I'd reached out to a friend of mine to say, hey, bro, uh, I'm broke. Can you give me a soft loan? The broke called me back and said, why don't you go look for a job? I felt so insulted. And I said to myself, no. I intend to stay in business. I tell you something, within a year, I made twice what that person made in a year on my own. Grace, I was sitting on that grace. And so sometimes the grace will take you to a place that you consider, if you know me very well, I don't like people in my car. Yeah, people I don't know don't enter my car. My daughter will stay up all night. Daddy, I hope you're okay, you know, you know. <laughs> and I will drive into some places and I'm wondering, uh, how am I coming out of this place? But after a while, it became, I, I actually think God allowed me to do that because driving at night into some places really kind of toughened me up as well. Grace. And I remember a friend of mine saying, well, you love to drive, so you can as well just make money. And all my life, I sat down and I realized that every job I've ever done is something I've always enjoyed. Being a pastor is natural for me. I like to talk. Being a therapist is natural for me. I'm a talker. I'm a talkative. But that's the only place where I get to listen to people. Right? But you know how when I was growing up, other people told me, oh, you talk too much, you talk too much, you talk too much. Today I'm going to tell those people, the talking too much got me to where I am. <laughs> Grace. 
grace was sitting on it. But you must remember. You must remember. That's Deuteronomy 8, 18. But if you actually, look, maybe you want to go a little further and you see, and that I, love, I love when you read it up. For example, when you start from verse 8 to, that, uh, to 17, God was reminding them of all the things he has done for them. Right? Count your blessings, name them one by one. When I get stuck at any point in my life, what I want to do is very simple. I want to step back and see how far God has brought me. And I want to give thanks. I want to give thanks. You want to remember, if he's giving you that, verse 17 says, you may say to yourself, my power and my strength and the strength of my hand have produced this. No. It's been there for you all the while. It's brought you through it all. Why? Because it's giving you the enabling grace to function. It's giving that grace for you to work with him. Grace. Some people can sing, but they, they, they claim to have stage fright. Or they don't know somebody. Today, you don't need to know somebody. Put yourself on YouTube. Sing on YouTube. People will watch you. YouTube has made a lot of... Justin Bieber started on YouTube. YouTube has made a lot of people rich. I used to fast forward... Ad, when I'm watching YouTube, I used to fast forward... You know, when they do advert, I just cut it off and... Then I was listening to a YouTuber who was saying, please don't fast forward. Let that advert play for 10 seconds so that I get paid. So now I will let the advert play because every time you do it, they get paid. You know, when you eat 100,000, you can imagine, even if they are paying you 55 cents, 55 cents times 100,000. You can make it. Why don't you do an instructional, you know, YouTube page, instruction, and just teach people how to do this time, you can create it and people are going to watch it. You know how to cook. I think I'll do one. I'll do my bonus special on YouTube. I just put Pastor's Ayo's Kitchen. Well, if I get 100,000 eats, we'll share the money. <laughs> Praise the Lord. What I'm trying to say is this. Let, let me show you what I'm talking about. Go with me to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter one, chapter 4, reading from verse 1 to 4. Exodus. Now, when Moses was walking away, Moses got to a place and he saw the bush burning, right? Uh, and But we're going to look at something interesting here. God has spoken to Moses. Let's look at verse 2. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in your end? <clears throat> Remember something, when I used to know this, and think it's still true for all children. When children come into the world, they come with their fist clinch. They come out of the womb like this. They're holding their destiny. And as they grow, their hands open. And they begin to man. Remember what I told you during Bible study? Between the time of revelation and the time of manifestation, there is a waiting period. So the child comes with his hands or her hands closed. And as this child, during that waiting period, the Bible says, and the child grew 
as they grow, their hands is opening and the, 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 the mark on their palms become open. The destiny begins to unfold the same way flowers unfold. So our destinies begin to unfold. You know, I'm telling you that every one of us here has something that God has placed in our hands. The seed of greatness is in your hand. And the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? And he said unto him, the next verse, a rod. And the Lord said, hmm, a rod? Yeah. Cast it to the ground. It was, to him, it was a dead rod. <clears throat> to him. So let's look at that rod in so many ways this morning. Your experience. In education, we were taught that we are all the sum totals of all our life's experience. But you know that there is some part of your experience that you can actually build on. Cast it down. That means show it off. Make it manifest. And I'm sure Moses was wondering, make what manifest this, this, this piece of rod. Uh, okay. And he just threw it down. He allowed it. Just hey, cast it down. Keep your mind there. Peter and the sibling had they fished all night. They didn't catch anything. And then they came back to shore early in the morning. And Christ looked at them. And Christ said, "Cast your net into the water." And Peter looked at him and said. I'm sure if I was Peter, I would feel arrogant too. Listen, you are not a fisherman, okay? I've been fishing before you were born. I've done this all night. Don't waste my time. And Christ said, cast it down. And he looked at him and said, well, because you said so, I will cast it down. And as soon as he did, within minutes, he was like, uh-uh, what? We were here all night now. In fact, they didn't even go far. You see, what he was looking for far away, grace had provided. That grace will locate you. I believe there is a grace that also locates. Is that grace that redirects your footpath? And the Bible said their net was tearing. And in Exodus 3, uh, uh, 4, Moses cast the rod to the ground, and they ran away from it. I'm like, what? I've been carrying a snake in my hand. No, you are carrying a dead wood in your hand. You are carrying the pain, your suffering, and what you are carrying in your hand prevented you from seeing the glory that God has in store for you. You're holding on to a symbol of poverty, mental Physical, material, spiritual poverty. And God had to say no. And he ran away from it. And God said, uh, pick it up again. You see, in that verse, he said, the rod of Moses, right? Go to verse 20. And then the Bible talked about that same rod in the same chapter. 
when you exercise your faith and you allow the grace of God in you to flourish, you allow that ability to flourish. The last part of it says, and Moses took the rod of God in his hand. What you give to God now belongs to God. No, I know it sounds simplistic, right? Or oh, just did it. No. For Moses to run, that means you're going to get, you're going to be in, in, in you are going to be afraid sometimes. You're going to experience anxiety. You're going to experience feelings of failure. You're going to wonder if you're going to succeed. The idea is not not to wonder. The idea is to keep to it, knowing that he has given you the ability to succeed. Grace. It's interesting this week, I, I shared so much about how I almost dropped out of my first degree. Oh my God, I was so frustrated, so depressed, I almost quit. Several, I'll come to that point, I feel like quitting. The fear of how I'm going to tell my father kept me in school. The fear of my father kept me in school. How can I stand before this man and tell him I can't go to school no more? That kept me in school, but I felt like giving up. At three years, I struggled. Three years, struggled. But again, grace was there. The grace was there. The grace, I wasn't going to make first class anymore. I may not make second class. <laughs> I may not make third, part, third class. But I was definitely going to come out of the university. That was, I, I, that was where I settled for. You see, it's funny. There's, there's this myopic concept we all have. When you go to the university, you want to be a first class student. It's great to be a first class student. But after you've graduated and you put it on the wall, it, once they give you that certificate, nobody cares first class or second class anymore. In fact, most first class people are the poorest people you will know. They pass. People who get passed are the richest people you will know. But grace to each of us is given a measure of grace. Let's look at Romans chapter 12. <clears throat> before, we do, before we do that, let's look at some people that worked in this grace. <clears throat> Last week, we were sharing about Joseph. What was Joseph's breakthrough? It was his dream. It was his vision. Joseph didn't know how that vision was going to come to pass. Is that Genesis 37 or so? He didn't know how that vision was going to pass. But he saw those two dreams. And I think I've explained what those dreams meant to you. And it took how many years? 13 years. He said, I think he started having that dream before he was, he was 17. But they sold him into slavery at 17. And God had to take him through those trial periods for 13 years. If he had remained in his father's house, he would not have become the prime minister. Mind you, he was the first non-native, non-Egyptian prime minister of Egypt. In fact, not only that, that position was created specifically for him. Grace. The grace not only located him in his father's house, 
that grace, preserving grace, kept him through all the ordeals. The ordeals. You think that person's wife coming at him was an accident? No. No, it wasn't an accident. That was God at work. Because God needed to move him from that palace to prison. And it wasn't just any prison. It was a prison of the king's officials. Where God already had two government officials. One of which was going to formally introduce Joseph to the king of Egypt. But you can imagine if David, if Joseph did not cast his rod down. His rod was his ability to interpret. His experience, ability to interpret the vision. He came in and saw these two men and said to them, hey, you guys look so down today. What's, what's happening here? Oh, we both had two dreams and the dreams are this and that. And it's like, oh, okay. So you, your dream, you will die. Your dream, you'll be restored. <laughs> and truly, <laughs> the one died. And the other one was lifted. And now, mind you, the man forgot him. Forgot him in prison. Maybe a year or two. And now the king had problem. Ah, see? See that? Grace. The grace located him again. But now, see, we're not even talking about Joseph anymore. We don't know where he was, but he was still in prison. And the man said, ah, my sins has come and caught me out today. Shame unto me. And they look at him, well, what, what is your business? Is the king now? No. When I was in prison, I met a young man. But we said, see thou a diligent man. He will not stand before main people. He will stand before kings. Your work will propel you to greatness. <clears throat> Grace. But David, he, he could be in prison. Lord, I need grace. I need grace to achieve this vision. I, no, he, wasn't, he was just going about doing what he knew how to do. The Bible says whatever your hand finds to do, do with all your might. He was just doing his own thing. Amen? And I've shown you David. I've, I've shown you Moses, the rod. All his training. Moses was one of the most educated people in all of the Bible. One of the most educated people in all of the Bible. And with all his education, he ended up as a, as a katuriara. At 80 years, carrying the rod, chasing after, you know, his mates were ambassadors and diplomats in the king's court. And for 40 years, God was stripping him, training him on the mountains of Midian. And God gave him the grace to humble himself. God gave him the grace to humble himself. And the more he humbled himself, the more the grace grew. And so he was able to exercise. Why do you cry to me? Turn your rod and it spread that rod. That rod became a symbol of authority. Your grace is your symbol of your authority. <clears throat> Remember the story of Elijah, the two Elijahs, Elijah and Elijah. Grace at work. 
One grace is the grace to invest. And sometimes in investments, you don't have the money. But you have the connection. People put people around you in 2 Kings 4 from 2 to 7. Right? That, that woman is a widow, but God had connected her divinely with Elijah. With Elijah. 2 Kings 4, 2 to 7. And Elijah said unto her, What shall I do for you? Now, this is one grace that all of us are missing. You're standing. Did I tell you that story once? I think I told you a story. I stood in front of one of the directors of a bank. The guy looked at me and he said, Pastor, what can I do for you? And I didn't know the answer. And stupidly, I said, uh, I, need, I need a U.S. visa. The man said, I don't know how people get U.S. visa. He said, but if you get the visa, I, I will get you the ticket. I didn't go back. I felt, afterwards, I, reviewed, I felt so embarrassed. I stood in front of somebody. I could have said, I need 500,000. And the Bible would give me a million. I didn't even think, I honestly, I just, I guess I was so blown away by being in that environment. If I go back to that environment now, you think the person can blow me away anymore? And I started learning. When we're standing in the, in the presence of great people, it is grace. Being able to stand in the presence of great people. After that incident with that gentleman, I've been to at least four palaces. I've met kings. It is grace. grace and in those instances because we are in the presence of royalty or authority they ask you what can I do for you <clears throat> I had a meeting last week with someone and you know I just sent an email I want this if it's okay uh, can we? and the person sent me an email back and say send me this so I sent it Forgot about it. Thought the person had forgotten. Actually, thought the person had forgotten me. Got an email back. Said, "Let's meet. Virtual meeting. Pa, pa, pa. In two weeks." I said, "Okay." I was there. As soon as we got, they said, "Hey, Ayo, I know you, you replied my email, but let's get through this, and then we can talk about this." And the next question is, "Do you want it?" Of course, I'm not going to take twice. I said, "Yes." What shall I do for you? I could at that point be saying, "Oh, you know." But this was a very, very busy person who was not ready for, you know, and I was scratching my head. If you work with me, I don't have time. You'll, you'll say something, we'll, we'll deal with it, and we'll go. Grace. But when you don't know, what is God going to bless? What shall I do for thee? Tell me. What, thou, what hast thou in thy house? And she said, Your handmaid has not anything in the house save a pot of oil. You have something. <laughs> what? What can I do for you? And she said, I have nothing. No, that's not true. And as she was speaking, I want to believe the Lord was reminding her, are you sure you have nothing? Be careful what you say with your mouth. Because if you say you have nothing, then you have nothing. And so she corrected herself. 
The servant has nothing there at all except a small jar of olive oil. So she doesn't know that what she had, that small jar of olive oil, was going to be a breakthrough oil. You think your idea is little. You think you're nobody because you don't have... Listen, I don't have a big name. I don't need a big name. I don't want to make huge impact. I just want to make impact. That's the most important thing. Just add a name and make impact. Let the impact speak. Let the impact speak for you. Stop, stop trying to be big. The, the child of an elephant never prays for the big. Bigness is, 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 is in his DNA. The son of a lion or the daughter of a lion does not pray to learn how to ha ah, ah. It's part of their DNA. You're already big because your God is big. You are ch children of the lion of the tribe of Judah. You are children of authority. He said to them, I have given the authority. He's giving you authority. The question is, do you even know the authority you carry as a person? Grace. And he said to her, go and borrow more vessels. I like the King James say, then he said, go borrow the verses abroad. Right? The next line. Abroad what? Abroad of, of all thy neighbors, even empty verses, borrow not a few. And when you come in, you shall shut the door upon thee and thy sons, and shall pour oil into all those verses, and thou shalt set it aside. I like that, I like NIV. Elijah said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Do not ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it aside. I will testify to that. The first time I invested in, in shares and stocks, Grace located me, and somebody came to me. We were just talking casually, and I said, oh, I'm broke. And the person said, um, I have some money. If I give you, can you just keep it? I just told somebody I'm broke. And the person said to me, I have some money I don't want to spend. If I give you, you can spend it. But I will need it. And the person was exact when they needed the money. And I said, uh, <laughs> the fact, the guy smiled when I smiled. Said, said, oh, great. And so she, she went in and gave me a lot of cash. Cash. She said, if I put the money in the bank, I'm not going to get anything anyway, so you can use it. And I went in, and the Lord said, no, that's not money for you to spend. That's money for you to invest. That's when the Lord was teaching me the principle of investing. And so I went there, and the Lord guided my steps, and I, I bought some shares on the stock exchange. By the time that person wanted the money, I had made a lot of gain because I was just buying and selling. I wasn't even waiting. I wasn't doing long-time investment. I will buy within a month, I will sell within a month. Once I buy at 10 and it's at 13, I'm selling at 13. I'm buying, I'm selling. I'm telling you, I was just buying and selling. Borrow. 
We borrow to invest, not to feed ourselves. It's a stupid thing for me to borrow because I want to go to a restaurant or I want to buy myself new shirts. No. But can I borrow? The first time I bought a house here, the only money I remember paying, I actually borrowed from a friend of mine. I called my friend and I said, hey, I need it. I need fifteen hundred dollars. He said, uh, "What for?" I said, "I just need it, but you get it in a couple of days." And the person said, "Okay." I borrowed that money, and that was the money I paid the broker. A month later, I invited the same person who borrowed me money to close. The person borrowed me money to close the house I just bought. I invited the person, and I gave her her money back. And I tell you, by the time I sold that house, I'm not kidding you, I borrowed 1500 right? I made over 180000 From $1,500 to over 180000 So sometimes somebody will tell me, why are you borrowing that person? That person has money. No, if that person has money, they won't be borrowing from you. And remember, to he who does not have, even what he has will be taken from him and given to he who has. Grace. You're sitting on so much grace. Stop that prayer. I need more grace. No. Act on the grace that has been given to you. Let's go to Romans 12. I will close with that. Romans chapter 12. We're going to read from verse, again, we're bringing a lot of scriptures. Romans 12, we're moving from verse 2 to 8. I'm not sure I can finish that. Sorry, Romans 12 here, yeah? verse 2 to 8. And this is me challenging you. Whether you are listening here or you're listening online, this is my challenge to you. Be not conformed. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Conformed means, oh, it is COVID. Yeah, it is COVID. So, during COVID, we expanded our business. Oh, trust me, we'll be running at a loss. If I yesterday, I, I came out, you know, I, I, I walked in with me yesterday and I walked in and the door to that second office opened and I looked at the second office and I shook my head and I said, wow. For the last how many months, that office has not produced a penny. But you think I'm bothered. I just walked past it. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. It's there. When the rush comes, we'll put somebody in there. It was during COVID we got that office. During COVID we expanded. And I tell people, during COVID, people are folding their hands. People are going to be losing their jobs very soon. And as they lose their job, we will be there. Because when the Bible, the Bible says, when people say there's a casting down, we say there's a lifting up. During COVID, I changed my car. And I remember when I was talking to the guy, the guy said, oh, you'll have to wait six months. I said, why? He said, because there's no, there's no car here now. We have to actually 
and you are going to be on back order. I can guarantee you are going to get that car in six months. Say there are so many people ahead of you. Then I said, but this model, I said, yeah, I looked at the speedometer, I said, can you sell me this one? The guy said, I'm not sure they want to sell it. It's the only one on the lot. I'm like, can you ask your manager if you can sell this car? And the guy came and said, yeah, they said, if you want it, you can take it. I'm like, I'm taking it today. He said, yes. You know, I was back there last week. The guy told, told me, you know something, bro? It was nice you took that car because now the waiting time is more than a year. For a 2021, the wait time. So that means there will be no 2022. I'm telling you, the wait time is more than a year. And he said, you know, the worst part now is that the rate, the interest rate now, because they, 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 there's, no, there's no market now, they are already inflating something they don't know even if they would be able to deliver. Grace. But you know people will say, oh, why are you doing that now? You don't need to. No, no, no. Don't listen to it. Once that passion is there for you, go for it. Once, you see, the Bible says, in Isaiah, therefore have I set my face like a flint. Once I set my vision on something, my sight on something, every other sand in my ear is like this. Sand. That's what I'm going to. Because I refuse to be conformed to somebody else's view of me. No. You don't define me. Neither should I be able to define you. You define who you are. Your experiences are good. They are your defining experience, but they are not your defined experience. You see, defining, that means they contribute to who you are, but they don't make who you are because there's something greater. The Bible says our light and momentary afflictions, everything we've gone past, every, every river we've gone through, every Red Sea we've gone through in our life, every mountain we've, we've had to scale, every hill we've had to stumble across, every valley we've had to wade through, it's called them light and momentary affliction. It says they are nothing compared to what is in front of us. Nothing. The outbreaks, the disappointments, the betrayers, the failures, the sickness, whatever they are that you've gone through, you can't compare them to what is coming in front of you. Because why? God has something better stored in store for you. I like a song. Uh, something good is already happening. Something better is in store. We are together again. We are together again. Just praising the Lord. Something good is already happening. Something better is in store. Therefore, do not be conformed to this word, but be transformed. Remember, transform. Allow the word you hear, the word of faith, allow the word that you are hearing, allow the word of God to, to move you, to challenge you, to be better. I've said this many times. The first time I laid my hands on somebody who was ill, I didn't know whether the person was going to be healed. But I know what God said. He said, you shall lay your hands upon the sick. And I laid my hand on that person, 
And I remember the prayer. I don't know if I'm going to heal this person, oh Lord, but your word said in your name, I will lay my hands upon the sick and they shall be healed. And therefore, according to your word, Father, heal this person. Minutes later, the person said, what did you do to me? Minutes later. Be thou transformed by the renewing. You see, if you listen to a lot of people, I avoid, listen, if you work with poor people, you will be poor, no matter how rich you are. If you work with poor people, now when I say poor people, I'm not talking about money. People associate poverty mostly with how much money we have in our pocket. No. Poverty is more of the mindset and the words that comes from people's mouths. It does it. Because when you're talking to people who have no idea or who don't understand what you're doing, when you talk to them, what do they do? They try to move you away from your idea and what you're doing. Oh, no, 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 Ray. Why are you thinking like that? See, why are you thinking like that? They are saying, why are you thinking like that? Because they are not thinking the way you are thinking. And they say, why don't you think this way? No, don't tell me how to think. <laughs> I've got my own mind. The Bible says, this book of the Lord shall not depart from thy mouth, but therein shall thou meditate. Think upon, process, day and night, for in so doing, thou shalt make your own way prosperous. Because when you think about it constantly, the grace that God has given you, the ability to succeed, the ability to perform repeatedly that leads to excellence, begins to manifest itself in you. I said to people, I'm a success about to happen. I'm not happening yet. I'm still gathering. This is still demonstration. This is trial. The, the happening is going to come. And remember what we were talking about last week. Creation eagerly awaits the manifestations of the children of God. We're not going to manifest half-baked. Half when it was time for David to come before the king, he knew what he was talking about. Thy servant has slew the bear and the lion. Who was there? He was there. He saw it. That was his defining experiences. But his defining moment came when he killed Goliath, right? No. His defined moment came when he became the king of United Israel. If you are conformed, then you can't go higher. If you're conformed, because the world keeps telling you no. Your friends put obstacle in your path, you can't do it. Or you shouldn't do it. That's where the poverty comes from. Because they, they discourage you from taking the step of faith, forgetting that we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't focus on what we see, we focus on what is ahead of us measure of grace. But be ye transformed or renewed, be transformed by the renewing. As the word of God, as we're sharing this morning, and as you read your Bible and you look at people's lived experiences, you want to succeed, let me tell you one of the secrets of success. Go online and research four people in the field that you are in right now. Four people who have made a name for themselves and study their life. Just look at where did they go to school. Wikipedia is very good for that. I'm going to contribute to them this week again. 
They will tell you about this person, they went to this childhood experience, a relationship. Read that. Don't, don't bother about their degree. Read about the controversies they've gone to and see the outcome of where they are. That's where you learn. You learn from people's failures and shortcomings. That's where the renewing of your mind comes from. Because when you renew your mind, then you are able to prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God for you. Good, don't settle for God's will for you. God's good's will for you. Acceptable, awesome, okay, but not the best. But perfect. So with God, is it that good, acceptable, or perfect? Good, acceptable, or perfect? You choose which one you want. Verse 3 says, For by the grace given me, for I say, through the grace given unto me, you see that? He wasn't asking for more. He was acknowledging what he already had. Through the grace given to me, through the grace that God has given you, you, like Paul, can challenge others. I love what he says. Now, this is, the, like I said, this is me challenging you. So, for by the grace given, to, given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of self with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to you. And I think, James, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but to think soberly, accordingly, as God has dealt unto every man the measure of faith. So there is grace and the faith, the motivation to accomplish it. Faith is your passion to accomplish your purpose. And passion takes the work out of the process. That's why we enjoy what we do. Doesn't matter how tired I am. When I get to my office and there's work, I'm just working. When I'm driving, I'm enjoying myself. For me, you see, when you enjoy something, go for it. Why? Because that's the grace for you there. That's where your excellence is. You build excellence. You become better. And better. The Bible says the path of the righteous shineth brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. And that's why we're being daily transformed. It's a, it's a daily thing. You're being transformed daily as you walk in the grace that Christ has bestowed upon you. And that's what Christ is saying there. And stop comparing yourself to somebody else. Let's go on. Again, I'm boring from here right now. In verse 6, it says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Different gifts. If I try to sing, you will know I'll be making a fool of myself. My friend has volunteered to buy me music instruments. My friend said, maybe I, I, need a, I need a career for retirement, so we're going to probably try me singing. You know? <laughs> Which is going to be interesting. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But you will know. 
But give me a microphone to talk. I don't care. I, I've walked into places last minute and they say, you're going to speak on this. And for some reason, it flows. I don't, if I don't know the topic very well, I don't go into the technicalities. It's, it's natural. It's a grace. There's something you are a natural at. You cannot be the best at everything. Listen, you can only be the best at three things in your life. The best at three things in your life. But only one of those three things in your life will sustain you for the whole of your life. Locate it. And focus all your energy on it. We have been giving gifts according to the grace given to each of us according to the grace that he has given to each of us according to the grace oh I don't have this who cares I don't, I don't care I don't care what you don't have what I care is what do you have I can't afford this stupid talk Stay with what you can afford. I don't know this, so what do you know? What do you know? And then even when you tell me I don't know this, what's stopping you from learning? What's stopping you from researching? Instead of spending all your time, or you see, this, oh my God. A lot of people have smartphones today. You know the average cell phone has over one million books. Free. Over one million free books. YouTube has over one million how to do it. Videos. Huh? Video. No, let me just be cut. Let, let, let me just even cut it short. There was a day we had a problem with our phones. The first guy came and charged me about 600 or so for doing it. Took one small thing away. The second time, somebody said, why don't you YouTube it? I YouTube it. I brought it out. Found the thing. Brought it out. Cleaned the thing. And that was all. <laughs> YouTube showed me. Okay, is it this? Is this light one? Is that light one? Is this this? You can learn a lot of things by watching YouTube. Some people put them there for you. I learned how to sideload. I'm not, I don't write program. But I taught myself how to do YouTube. I built my first two or three websites myself. Yesterday, I was still, was it two nights ago? I was still updating my website by myself. And a lot of people have learned the whole idea of building a website just watching YouTube. There are some techniques I've learned by Googling it up. Somebody calls me and I'm listening to them and I'm, I say, I'm talking to you. I like it when you're talking to me on my computer. I'm typing. You don't know what I'm doing. As I'm talking, I'm reading. Oh, is it this? Is this that? Okay, yeah. I'm like, yeah, bring it on. We got, we, we got you. Just bring it on. I'm learning a lot. I'm learning. I love learning on the go. Because I buy a lot of books. I don't have time to read books. Give me a three-minute clip. I will watch it. I don't have time to read. 
I'll be sleeping. I'm telling you. My daughter will tell you the last time we flew to Jamaica, I walked home to, we were living, right? And I got into the plane, and that man was saying, Hey, my name is Doctor. And my daughter said, He's asking your name. And I was like, What's he saying? It's like, Oh my, oh my God, I was that exhausted. And I said to my daughter, Okay, you know what? I'm going to sleep. Make sure I don't snore. <laughs> and you can be sure I was snoring in the plane. And then she'll kick me. I'm like, Okay, okay, sorry, sorry. Research it. You think you know something? And you're not sure, research the same topic and look for people who are already talking about it and reach out to them. I did that. I called people up. Hey, my name is Ayakobi. Um, I'm working on something like this and I see you're doing the same thing. Is it okay? Would you be willing to give me 15 minutes of your time? I promise I won't take more than 15 minutes of your time. Oh, I can't meet you right now. Uh, anytime. In, and some people will say, Come. And then I, I would have driven from here to Oakville. I've driven from here to Niagara just to go sit and talk to somebody. I remember when I first came and they were talking about somebody doing deliverance and they were talking about only one person. I'm like, I want to meet that person. So I emailed the person. Hey, I hear you do good deliverance. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I need, we need to meet. So I went and I, I sat with this old man. I listened to him, watched what he was doing. He told me what he was doing. He wanted to know what I was doing, my method. I'm like, yeah, okay, end of that meeting. Then the next person they told me about again, we met and we talked, we compared notes. And the guy said, uh, I can't compare myself to you. I said, I know. End of that meeting. <laughs> You're good. I want, to, I want to be there. I want to know you. Don't be intimidated by somebody's success. You know why? Every successful person wants to boast. Every successful person wants to boast. And so when you're talking to them, are, but in their boasting, what are they telling you? They are telling you their process, their method. You will glean, like Esther, sorry, like Ruth, you glean from that and you make it your own. Having given gifts according to grace that is given, having the gift according to grace that is given to each of us, If yours is writing, write. Blog, vlog. Today is not only blog anymore. I had three WordPress accounts. I, after a while, I got tired of writing. I've written, I've written plays, I've directed. I've written online articles, which you cannot still find online. I've written, uh, what do you call that in uh, WordPress. When, I don't, they didn't see the WordPress. WordPress uh, uh, blog, I, I used to have three of those. You can actually find them online still. I used to have an online newsletter. I actually have a YouTube channel. I don't know the password to it. <laughs> I put one video there. I employed a guy, a technician once. He's an IT guy. And the guy said, Mr. Kambi, I needed this. I said, give me a list of everything you need. And he gave me a list, and I just went to my system. I said, I'll get back to you in three days. And I gave him a password. I actually had to go use the set password for everything. And the guy said, how do you know all of this? I'm like, I don't know. I was just teaching myself so much, and I realized I couldn't do it all. So what the guy was going to be charging me for, I gave all to him. Oh, then, you know, do you, uh, I need to do Google Analytics. I said, I have it. It's like, you have Google Analytics. I said, which one do you want? I <laughs> gave him two accounts. 
taught you Google Analytics? I just know. I just know I needed it, and so I created an account for it. So you can, you can do more. Why? Because you have grace. What you need to ask is the, that God will expand your capacity to function, not, in, not add more. Because the more you use what you have, the more you grow in it. The more, the more adapt you become. The more excellent you become. And that's where the breakthrough is. And don't let nobody tell you you can't do it. Mm. Don't let nobody tell you no. No. No, no, don't tell me no. Don't tell me what I can or I cannot do. And don't bother about people criticizing you. Oh, it's okay. Can I criticize you? But just know this. It's only before God that you will succeed or fail. And I choose to succeed. At every turn, I choose to succeed. I don't know what part of this message is for you, but I know God is speaking to somebody specifically this morning. You're thinking you're limiting yourself. It's time to get up. You've got enough. You've got enough to start out. You've got enough to step out in grace. Remember what Christ said to Peter? Launch out. The same thing I'm saying to you this morning. Launch out. In, 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 in Joshua, God said to Joshua and Israel, he said, you've stayed long upon this mountain. It's time to break camp. The same thing I'm saying to you. We'll be talking about that next week. It's time to step out. It's time. You know why? Because you've been sitting upon too many grace, too much grace you've been sitting on. It's time to manifest. We will not forget the days of little beginnings, but then we cannot remain small. It's time to start growing. It's time to grow. It's time to change. I find it very, very irritating when a Christian looks at me in the face and says, I don't like change. What? <laughs> the minute a Christian says, I don't like change, you know what you've said? You've negated Romans 12 verse 2. What you've just said is that you're conformed. You're satisfied with where you are. You're satisfied with mediocrity. As Christians, we should be open to change. We should embrace change. Because it, that, it is through change that we are transformed. As we, as we, next week when we begin to look at breaking camp, we'll also look at transforming. I'll probably bring in the board so I can show you what I mean by transformation. We need to change form. Trans means change. Form, position location and I keep saying it your location somebody's location is going to change I'm so open to it right now I don't mind moving to anywhere in this country now because sometimes we've stayed long in the same place and it's time to break forth we're going to break forth not with new grace we're going to break for us exercising, exercising the grace and the ability. Remember, grace is divine ability that makes you excel.
is the ability for you to perform. Is the ability for you to do it again, again. In research, you call that replicability. If you can do it again and again, you become fluent, you become adapt, right? You become the go-to person. I don't want you to just become a go-to person so that people can come and take words from you. I want to go to, go to become the go-to person as a consultant because that's where your future lies. I want you to move from running your own your own trade to running a business. There's a difference. If you're running a trade, you're a technician. You're just a small person. I want to move from being that technician technician to become an entrepreneur. And I want you to get to the point where you have people working with you as entrepreneurs. There's a difference. People working for you are working for themselves. And that's why I say in my office, people say, oh, I work for him. I'm like, no, no, you don't work for me. You work with me. Everybody in my, in my organization is an, they don't know it, but that's what I'm teaching them. They are all entrepreneurs. Because if I'm, if I'm employing people, when I'm broke, I have to keep paying them. <laughs> But if they are working for themselves, then they make sure that all of us are working together. Nobody will be broke. So we keep moving. Every part of the car moves the car, not just one part of it. We keep moving. Why? Because of the grace of God upon our life. Let's bow down our head. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, the partnership the fellowship that the Holy Spirit provides be a portion this day and always in Jesus' name and amen.